Welcome to the Wild and Curious podcast, a show that's part travel, part feminism, and completely inspired by extraordinary women worldwide. I'm Teresa Christine. And I'm Suzanne Schmetting. Well, to compare, <laughs> to compare hiking in Los Angeles to trekking in Nepal is it's totally insulting. Reasonable. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> insulting. Yes. Very insulting. That's what I was going to say too. I will admit going to Runyon Canyon or like mm-hmm. Griffith Park, which we've done before, right. is it's a good workout, but it's like two hours and then you're sitting at home <laughs> and you're, you've showered and like that's it. Yeah, right. You don't like go get a smoothie and, you know, bathe your dumb dog, Oscar. Have you ever done like um, like a, a full on backpacking trip where you carried stuff on your back? Um, I have carried a like a backpack with trail mix on my back. And that's all about trail it. Mix. Yeah. Just all, all trail mix on like, I don't know, a spare bottle of water or something. What about you? Have you have you done one of those things? Only once in my life. Oh. I did it in high school with my Girl Scout troop. We set up our tents in just like the tiniest little bit of ground that was slightly lower than the rest of the ground around it. So when it rained that night, we all woke up in just a puddle of water. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure we we called it all short. After that, we were like, this is a not, this is not enjoyable. I would love to do a really full-on serious trek. Yeah. I think you know that I would like to hike Machu Picchu one day, which is yeah. <laughs> I think the the goal or like the end of it is just the fact that you have accomplished or that you have finished it. You know, you've you've done the hike, you've seen the sights, and you've had your breath taken away. And that's why we're speaking today with Bishnu Thapa, who is the head of guiding for One Seed Expeditions Nepal. Uh, she worked as a porter for three years got her master's studying how adventure tourism empowers women, and she is currently a trekking guide. Yeah, usually um, it's, uh, it's different like uh, when we are in trekking as a guide, uh, we usually do, uh, you know, the, we take to climb in the mountain and uh, every day we do uh, you know, the, we did the trekking briefing every day, and then we share our, you know, the history, culture, religion, uh, uh, whatever, you know, the clients uh, would like to know. And um, same time, uh, you know, the as a guide, I have to do prepare for, you know, the handle the emergency situation, and how we have to give the, you know, the suggestion to client about the mountain sickness and, you know, the safety. And uh, also, of course, like uh, listen to the client, what clients are saying, and then uh, also prepare like if clients get sick, what to do, and um, such things like that. So uh, always, you know, the we listen to the client, and then uh, and I do prepare accordingly. And and so much of that must be like also weather and taking into account what that is like, right? Yeah, so of course, like, uh, you know, the, we always uh, usually inform, you know, the before trekking we start, especially at night, you know, the what is the weather look like and, you know, the what sort of 
clothes they have to wear and what sort of you know the safety they have to you know the uh, uh, concern about and then uh, everything like what sort of things they need for next day and uh, yeah sometimes you know the when they are in altitude area and we have to prepare accordingly usually we say that you know the uh, for instance they have to you know they walk slowly and then you know they wear uh, purple equipment and uh, so they need to walk slowly and such kind of things and clients understand. This sounds like such an incredible job and, and a ton of responsibility. You have to have like a really wide base of knowledge. What what inspired you to get into being a guide in the first place? Yeah, so, uh, you know, the before, uh, before like how I inspired to become a guide, uh, if I share like a story like uh, how how I did participate in trekking uh, sector, you know. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, I grew up in uh, countryside and uh, when I, uh, when I uh, studied higher secondary, secondary school, I, uh, you know, the, I, um, I get the scholarship for, for two years from the school volunteer office. And that time, uh, you know, the, um, the Peace Corps taught of English and then I, I completed like two years higher secondary school. And then I asked like our, to our teacher, Peace Corps from US, and then I asked him like whether he knows someone uh, here that I can work with in Nepal. And then, you know, the after I completed my uh, higher secondary school, and my family, you know, they couldn't support for my education, further education, and I really wanted to, you know, the uh, continue my study. And then uh, my teacher, he knew about the, you know, the some trekking company and training center in Pokhara called Three Sister. And I contact, I contact with them, and then they said, I I understand everything, but. Uh, that time, like, I didn't know what is tracking, what is job look like, and then what is training look like. And I was not sure, like, after training, like, I I could get a job or not. And and I talked everything with, uh, you know, the three sisters uh, through the telephone, and because there was no internet access in my hometown. And then later, I talked with my mother, family, uh, that I want to, you know, the go to the some city area for job and education. But my mother and family like didn't want to send me because I'm girl, unmarried, and then it is not very really safe to go. And I tried to convince her, but she said not. Uh, but later I decided myself and then I went to Pokhara. And then I, I stayed with the sister hostel and uh, I took a training about the trekking from there and then I decided and then okay I think I like you know the this job and I got trekking also and then and that I how I started trekking and you know the before I go to before I went trekking I mean I took a training but I didn't know like what is trekking look like and what is this job about but when I work and then I knew like what is trekking and at the beginning I started uh, as uh, my job as porter. So with porter, I did around three years. 
what what was the actual training of becoming a porter and becoming a guide like? So at the beginning, um, uh, you know, the training is taught about the um, like information, tourism, environment, flora and fauna, map reading, and you know, uh, talking with the client, English speaking, because you know they usually. Uh, who work, uh, who study at government school like uh, me, so we have very poor, uh, you know, the speaking English. So in this class, first aid and in handle emergency situation and speaking is all about this topic. You mentioned that your mom didn't want you to go to training for this. What were people thinking when you started out in this line of work? Was everyone the same? They were like, oh, don't do this. Uh, yes, it's different, like, you know, the, uh, especially, uh, you know, the Nepal is a male-dominated society, and, uh, you know, the, especially in, at beginning, especially in countryside, uh, for women, it is like, you know, the not good to leave the home. I mean, traditional social, traditional norms and value guided in the society, and then uh, even my family sometimes say okay, but they don't understand what his job look like. But if they say okay, sometimes our neighbor and you know the society they think negatively. Like for example, like women uh, in our hometown is like that. Like uh, when in uh, ten years ago, like if women go to outside, you know the after the dark, and people think negatively and they talk, you know the. Uh, they talk like, oh, this woman maybe is impure and like this. But when I, you know, the when I moved to Pokhara and I decided myself, and then when I began trekking and I found it's ex- exactly the similar, you know, the uh, in the, on the way sometimes male guide also like they said, oh, this job is for the male, and women are too weak for you know the work as trekking, and then. You are quite educated and you can do other kind of work. And, you know, they have like very different attitude and then they want to insult it, teasing like this. And then many people on the way, like, you know, the guest house or the other neighbor, they are just looking uh, oh, what this is doing or whether she is, you know, the guide or not and something like that. So in Nepal, because of, you know, the uh, traditional, uh, you know, the jealous culture and always, you know, the women need to stay at home, look after the children, you know, the uh, cooking, washing, or uh, working in the field. And it is, this is job is like, it's very public. So people have, uh, you know, the different. Yeah, and, and you're like spending the night other places when people think you should be at home instead, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Trekking in Nepal is a very, like, it's a very well-paid position as well, right? Yeah, so, uh, you know, the after the trekking, um, uh, yes, trekking is, uh, is very safe for the women, and then uh, it is not, uh, it is not, uh, you know, the, uh, it's difficult, I mean, difficult in terms of, like, uh, stay in the guest house or whatever, because, uh, uh, you know, the uh, we have to we get room somewhere in the separate place, and then if there is a fool, sometimes we share a room with the uh, you know the same gender in the same room. I mean, you know, the just you know the perception, and then because of this, you know, the patriarchal society, and then because of the women and people, things like that. Are people changing their attitudes a little bit, and are they kind of embracing female trekking guides a little bit more now? 
Uh, yes, exactly. This is a very good question. So nowadays, you know, the, after the 10 years, and I have seen in the field and also in uh, you know, the everywhere, like the number of female are increasing and then they are more inspired by themselves and they decide themselves like what they wish to do. And then the number are increasing nowadays and, uh, you know, the perception like what people think uh, you know, the two hours working women are tracking, this has just changed now. You know, this changing, not, you know, the 100% changing, but it's a lot, a lot. So people are understanding very well now. Oh, that's really good to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. I love hearing that. Do you find that the women who have become involved in in becoming this, you know, this female company who's doing porting and, and trekking, do you find that that has created this I don't know, I guess like a special community of, of people who are bonding against this kind of patriarchal society? Uh, yeah, so it's still now, like, you know, the uh, in Nepal, like well-known uh, uh, women taking company run by three sisters at Pukhara. Uh, they, you know, they usually train to female guide and send the training to female. And also now, you know, the one seat where I work now, uh, once it also, you know, they give the opportunity and uh, it's not, you know, the, uh, the provide the job, but, uh, you know, the, there is not any restriction, but it's still like people, you know, they don't offer like, you know, the, uh, there is job for the women. I mean, it's still they, they you know, they, they are hesitate to give, not, not all company, but some companies so hesitate. So it is, it is quite difficult for the women. Yeah. So how can, as a traveler, how can you put your money towards female trekking guides? Can you request them? Or obviously, One Seat Expeditions has you. So, like, how can travelers put their money towards getting more female guides? Uh, it depends on, like, for example, like, One Seat uh, is a... Uh... Uh, in, uh, in very safe and once it is doing like not for the female but once it is supporting for the anyway women uh you know the entrepreneurs uh through the micro finance so uh, uh clients like uh uh one seat or you know the three sister in in Pukhara and they organize the training and then uh, clients will know like uh, uh you know the understanding like whether we operate training or not and then how can this money go to the women so uh, uh so usually you know the for the field training and then uh, uh so through the training they get inspired so uh, clients know you know the when they ask with the question to the operator or when they check to the website and they will know what what do you think the future holds for for women who want to become trekking guides? I hope like uh, it is very you know it is very bright future for the women and also the you know the safe for the especially women traveler. Uh, so if women get you know they continue you know they inspire if they get education uh, and also the same times you know the, if they get the opportunity. And women will be, you know, the more involved. And if women involved, and sometimes, you know, the female traveler, especially, who they are checking to the, you know, the find to female guide, and they can get it. So it means always, you know, the uh, it is always very safe to uh, take a female guide for, especially for the slow uh, solo traveler, uh, is the safety reason. And uh, I think, yeah, uh, if 
you know the uh, women get like training and opportunity and definitely it it is positive she wanted to do this thing her mom was like uh, i don't know and society was like Mm, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> but she, but she did, just it. did it. She was talking about how she had to know so much about about the weather and the landscape and like you know, really take care of of the the medical needs of her clients and Oh yeah. It, you know, it's just like you got rained on as a girl scout yeah. and <laughs> and I was like me. Yeah, yeah, you cut it short and she's just, you know, she's up there and That's not an option. Her clients are like, "Let's do this." Right. And so she has to do everything in her power to make sure that they're safe and that they get there. And it's a good point you brought up too about how I mean just the amount of knowledge that she has, even if you were to just walk around like Kathmandu with her, I feel like she would have so much interesting information to give you. Oh, yeah. She's, I mean, you know, she's born in Nepal. She knows the country. She's been, been trekking. She worked as a porter first. She's just, she's so cool. She is. And I also, I found that Nepali Times article. It is from November of 2019. And it says that over, uh, of the total 17,164 licensed guides in the country, only 886 are female. Oh my God. But their numbers are growing faster than male guides, which is very cool. And I will put that source in the show notes. I would like to talk to all 886 of them, please. Well, we've got one down. Okay, great. (laughs) Great. 885 to go. If you are as interested as I am in trekking Nepal with Bishnu or one of the other extraordinary guides from One Seed Expeditions, check out oneseedexpeditions.com. And if you are thinking of booking an expedition in Nepal, Bishnu gave us the hot tip that Annapurna is her favorite. She said that you can see so much in even a short trek and it's not too high unlike Everest, so it's great for people like us. <laughs> yeah. You've been listening to the Wild and Curious podcast, hosted by me, Teresa Christine, and me, Suzanne Schmetting. If you've enjoyed this episode, there's more where this came from. Subscribe to the Wild and Curious podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can also follow along with our adventures on Instagram. Our handle is at underscore the Wild and Curious underscore. And we will also put that in the show notes for you. We are always looking for extraordinary women to talk to you on our show. If you have someone in mind or you are that someone, go to thewildandcurious.com to let us know.